0: Would you please turn in your Bibles with me to the letter of 2 Timothy. As Linda mentioned, we're taking a brief break from the Gospel of John. And we're going to look at a portion of the letter that Paul wrote to his disciples, Timothy, that I believe is really timely for us as a church, both as the people of God here in this building and as we head out into the world later. Now, every single one of us has people and voices we gravitate more toward in our lives, don't we? And this starts early on. Doctors have discovered that a baby in the womb of their mother is already able at a certain point to pick up the sounds, the rhythm, and the voice and vibrations of their mother's voice. And as kids grow up... (laughs) You can see that they gravitate more towards certain voices than others. If their sibling tells them to do something, they ignore it. But if their parent says something, "Mm," it carries a little more weight. Other times, sadly, kids sin. That should come as no surprise to any of us. But it is still sad. Kids sin and dishonor their parents by ignoring their voices or shouting back, You aren't the boss of me! but they still know their parents' voice from the other parents who called them when they get picked up from school. And we have certain voices of people in society whom we trust. I'll give an example. This was before my time, by the way. But people still look back to the voice of Walter Cronkite as the voice of reliable news. And I can see some of the more seasoned shaking their head yes. And like, what where has where have the days gone? Or there are other voices in society that you trust. Maybe it's the voice of your pastor, or the voice of your favorite teacher, in school or in the church, or a podcast influencer, or your coach, or your grandfather or grandmother or a brother or sister or friend or neighbor who is stuck, whose voice has stuck with you because they were there for you in a really tough time. What about God's voice? Have you heard His voice? Do you know what He has said? And do you know when and where he has said it? Do you know why he has said it? Do you know who he's talking to? And perhaps most crucial of all, do you know his voice when you hear it? And do you trust him? See, these are crucial questions for us in a day when people have lots of opinions about whether God speaks or not much less if we should listen and obey him and about what he speaks. And in the first century A.D., a young growing leader named Timothy was facing the exact same thing. He was in a culture that applauded a plurality of voices of gods and goddesses. And within the church they began to see that false believers and false teachers were trying to woo the people of God away from hearing God's voice. So God told Timothy, God told Timothy through the Apostle Paul what he needed to do and where he needed to direct his ear and who he needed to listen to. So this morning, let us direct our ears to the same. Would you stand with me as we read this morning 2 Timothy Chapter 3, beginning in verse 14 through the end of the chapter. Paul, writing to Timothy, says this, But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. You may have a seat. We're jumping into a series this morning called Hearing His Voice. And that is of the who, the what, the where, the when, and the why of the Word of God, what we call the Bible. And this will kick off, Lord willing, a fall season that I'm excited about, as I mentioned earlier, where we're going to be reading the whole of the New Testament together. But before we start that in September, we need to lay a little groundwork and hopefully some refresher on hearing God's voice. So this week we're going to start on focusing on the who. Who God wanted Timothy and who he wants us to know today is that the Word of God is the voice of God for the people of God. Now I read Psalm 19 this morning. Hopefully you remember that from our welcome. The first part of which spoke of the heavens declaring the glory of God, pouring forth speech And the creation does tell us something about God, who he is and what he's made. And the church has historically called this, what we see in creation, general revelation. That it means God has revealed himself in his creation, in what he has made. But we of ourselves cannot understand it unless he speaks... And unless we hear what he intends from his mouth, we're not going to understand him. We're not going to understand ourselves. We're not going to understand the world that he has made. So how does God do that? He speaks to us. Just like anybody else. How do you want to be understood? You listen to someone. How do you want to be understood? You speak. So specifically, number one, God speaks his word. And now we will not cover everything in this passage that this passage offers us today, but we're going to start with the most important. Okay, Paul tells Timothy to continue in what you have learned and firmly believed, and then he goes on to say the influences on that and what he learned and firmly believed actually does. But in verse 16, God through Paul, And I'm saying that deliberately. God, through Paul, provides the bedrock of all Timothy's learning and what he firmly believes and what he's to continue believing. Verse 16 begins this way. All scripture is breathed out by God. If you get nothing else from today, get this. God speaks his word. There is no other ultimate source of Scripture. It does not come from fancy, fabricated conspiracy theories of crafty human beings. And nor is it from the devil to keep us enslaved to sin and going to hell. Actually, we probably know nothing about the devil, sin, or being enslaved to sin, or hell, if he had written the book. No, this is from God. And what does it say? Scripture is breathed out by God. We often refer in evangelical Christianity, we refer to the scriptures as the inspired word of God. And it's not as though these words were already there and then God gave his stamp of approval on them. No, these words come from him and therefore are inherently approved by him. And we as a church belong to the Evangelical Free Church of America, a group of churches partnering together around a common statement of faith. And part of our statement of faith, what we confess to believe and uphold as a free church, and here at York E-Free we believe the same, is that in, this, in Article 2 of that statement of faith, which is called the Bible, it starts this way, quote, We believe that God has spoken. In the scriptures, both Old and New Testaments. Basically, we affirm that these are not ordinary words on a page. (laughs) And there is a lot of evidence that we could bring forward to the table to demonstrate that. But we don't have time. One of which, however, I will give, which we'll explore a little later in the series, is that over a period, this book was written over a period of several thousand years. And over that several thousand years period, in which this was written and recognized as a scripture, it was written through the pens of over 40 authors. You know what's amazing? This book has a consistent message from Genesis 1:1 to Revelation chapter 22, verse 21. Make sure I got that reference right, because <laughs> if I say Revelation chapter 22, verse 22, I don't think it's there. Yeah, 21. Anyway. And the message is this. God has created and he is redeeming a people for himself for the glory of his name among all creation. And we have evidence after evidence after evidence better documentation than any other historical book in the world that that message has been better preserved than any other message in the world. So, all scripture is breathed out by God. But why does it matter that God breathes it out? Well, who is God? Is God a liar, a deceiver? Someone who says one thing and does another? Someone who speaks out of both sides of his mouth? Someone, is he someone who is unable to deliver on what he says? The answer of the church should be emphatically no and no. Or put it all together as a scripture says, God forbids such a thing. That's why he's called God, by the way. Because he is sovereign. He is powerful. He is truthful. He is pure. He is holy. He is just. He is joyful. So when he speaks, what he speaks is utterly wonderful. How did he make it? When we look around at the creation, how did he make it? Well, the word says, how? Genesis 1 verse 3. And God, what? You all know this. Come on. God spoke. God said, let there be light and there was light and God saw the light was good the light was good because it reflected the nature of God and at the end of the six days of creation Genesis 1 verse 31 says God saw everything that he had made which everything that he had spoken into being and behold it was very good It matters that God spoke it because if a good God spoke it, if a truthful God spoke it, if a loving God spoke it, if a sovereign, holy, just, merciful God spoke it, we can trust His voice. And it also means that because it is God's voice, it has authority over us. In that sense, we must trust Trust His voice. This book is separated from all others because it is the words given by God Himself. God speaks His word. And because God speaks His word, that has massive, all-of-life-changing implications for us. How? For God did not merely speak to the light on the first day of the creation, nor to the land and the sea on the second, nor just the plants and vegetation on the third, the sun, moon, and stars on the fourth, and the animals on the fifth. You ever heard the question, when a tree falls in the forest and there is no one to hear it, does, anybody, does it really matter or does it make a sound? Well, kind of aside from that philo- philosophical question, the, answer, the philosophical answer is that yes, it does. The real, real answer is that yes, it does but the only reason that answer matters is that someone is there to hear that philosophical answer or ask that philosophical question. God has not left himself without a specific audience with his word. His word was written. His word was spoken to what? To be heard. By whom? Number two, God speaks his word to us. The word of God is the voice of God for the people of God. This is a massive, huge truth of this book. God intended His voice to be heard. Why do you think you were given ears? God intended His voice to be heard, so He spoke. Paul makes the audience of the God-breathed Scripture clear in verse 17. And he says, All Scripture is breathed out by God that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Now before we go further, what does he mean when he says man of God? Let's clarify. First, it was written, this was written to Timothy himself, okay, who is a young leader in the church, But Paul says, not very specifically, so this definitely applies to leaders who are in the church, such as pastors and elders. But this is for more than just leaders. Yes, this is an Old Testament allusion. the, The men whom God used to bring forth his word were called a man of God, the men of God. But here today, the scripture says that we are to imitate such men. Imitate our godly godly leaders as they imitate Christ. Paul Paul says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. And Hebrews says, submit to your leaders and follow their example. What does that mean? That means when it says the man of God here, we can apply this, that this word is for both men and women and children who have been rescued by the Lord Jesus. Over and over and over, this scripture even records God saying, I spoke, I spoke, I spoke. And then tons of, thus says the Lord. And Jesus saying, you have heard it said, but I say to you. Clearly that intends, that means that he intends to be heard by his people. And he has not held back his voice. Now I've said that this word of God is for the people of God. And at this point you might ask the question, well, who are the people of God? Isn't this book for everyone? Aren't we all God's children? As some have said, there's a sense in which that's true. We are all created by God. That leads to two great questions. Do we hear Him? One. And secondly, will we hear Him? And that leads to some good news and some bad news. And if you're like me, I usually want to hear the bad news first. The bad news is that God is speaking. And was speaking, and he told the first people, Adam and Eve, our first ancestors. He said, to paraphrase, "Enjoy all the freedom you can possibly imagine. Enjoy this beautiful world that I have made and multiply in it and cultivate it. Cause it to flourish for our joy and that I would be glorified." Only Do not eat of the tree whereby you would think that you are the determiners of what is good and what is evil. Can you imagine that? Only one rule in the universe. Only one prohibition. We have thousands of pages of legislation that tell us what we can and can't do with our taxes. Just taxes. And here in God's word at the beginning, one restriction. Otherwise, the world is ours to glorify him. And then it says in Genesis 3, Now the serpent, who is more crafty than all the beasts of the field that the Lord God had made, He came up and said, to paraphrase again, did God really lay a restriction on your lives? That must mean he's holding out on you. He's afraid that you will take his place. Go ahead, eat the fruit and be like God. And it was at that moment in history, Eve and Adam with her, scripture records, rejected the voice of God, his holy and good word, and listened instead to another word, a word of more sorrows than the sand upon the seashore, a word of a word of the lie a word from the mouth of the father of lies and from that moment until now the world and every person thereafter does not listen to the word of God and they do not want to we of ourselves do not want to listen to the word of God and it is an endless rebellion it is a vicious cycle We cannot listen to the word of God rightly as sinners and so we don't want to. And we also don't want to listen to the word of God as sinners and so we cannot. If you've ever been a child in the middle of a busy store and lost your parents, it is a terrifying thing to not hear the voice of your mom or dad calling to you. The bad news is terrifying. But are you ready for the good news? There's no good news unless there's bad news first. Remember who the Word comes from. It comes not from Satan. It comes from a good God. A holy God. A God who His Word reveals loves. A God who His Word reveals is merciful who is just who is sovereign who is mighty whose voice will come for judgment and salvation as the scripture says in Joel 3 verse 16 the lord roars from zion and utters his voice from jerusalem and the heavens and the earth quake but the lord is a refuge to his people a stronghold to the people of israel And then Isaiah 63 verse 1 says, And who is this who comes from Edom in crimsoned garments from Basra? He who is splendid in his apparel, marching in the greatness of his strength. And God responds, It is I, speaking in righteousness, mighty to save. We have chosen our own way away from God, but God has pursued us by His Word, with His Word. And that is why the Apostle Paul says to Timothy in verse 15 of chapter 3 here, you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, that's Scripture, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. (laughs) Just that name alone, Christ Jesus. Who is He? As we've been studying in the the book of John, Christ Jesus is the Word of God become flesh. The Son of God taking human form. Sent, as his word says, as a demonstration of God's love for us. That whosoever believes in him, whosoever hears him, shall not perish in the awful cycle of rebellion against God but shall be rescued from their sins and have everlasting life as a child of God brought home at last by the word of our Father. Because if you hear his voice, you will hear him tell you that his son took your place in dying for your rebellion. And he will tell you that his Son is alive again, never more to die, but to live so that you might die to yourself and live to God. So if you will not hear, if you do not hear, this word is not really for you, but shall only serve as a judge for you on the last day. But those who hear... And those who will hear, this book is for you. God has spoken to you. And He wants to be heard by you. Listen to what He has to say. God speaks His Word to us. But that raises a question, doesn't it? How did the Word of God come to you? How did you receive a Bible? <laughs> did the sky rip open and you saw a bright hand toss a little black dot into the air and then go up to its owner's mouth and shout, "Don't let it hurt you!" Is that how the Word of God came to you? Brothers and sisters. It is enough that God speaks his word. It is grace that he speaks his word to us. But it is the great joy and privilege of God's people to be used of him to give and proclaim his word to others. Brings us to number three. God speaks his word through us. See, Timothy didn't happen upon the word. It was given to him. Verse 14, But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings. You know, just as a note, it should be the desire of all of us that our children be made familiar with the Bible at an early age. We'll get to this later, but the Word of God should be in our homes, in our churches, and yes, unabsent from our schools and the public sphere. But did you hear that Timothy's learning and believing came from somewhere? Because he knew from whom he had learned it? And for Timothy, God through Paul had two primary audiences in mind. First, Verse 10 of this chapter says, You, however, have followed my teaching, my conduct, my aim of life, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness, my persecutions and suffering. This is Paul talking. Paul took Timothy under his wing, teaching him the Scriptures, speaking to him the Scriptures. Oh, man, I tell you, may we pray and seek to be functioning like a Paul to the Timothys around us and functioning like a Timothy to the Pauls around us. There have been many times in my life where I've had a godly man come alongside me and who brought the words of this book into my life and I heard God speak and he changed me using a godly saint But there's also the second audience is that Timothy had known the scriptures before Paul came along. And we get a clue of who helped him along the way from childhood. And if you want to look at it just really quick, it's at 2 Timothy 1 verse 5, so in the same book, where Paul says, I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you as well. Timothy's mother and grandmother had the wonderful privilege of being those through whom God's word came to Timothy. As you think about all the various gifts you could give to your children and grandchildren, may God grant you to have his word at the very top. And this is not a different word from this Bible that they gave Timothy. Scripture makes it clear, as Paul straightforwardly said to the Galatian church, in Galatians 1, verse 6 through 9, he says, I am astonished, he's correcting a church here, that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preached to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. The word of God is not an inconsistent message. And when it's really the word of God, it does, it does not get garbled when he speaks through his people. But there's also a third group whom the scriptures are given through. God spoke his word, but he chose to do it in a really, really amazing way. He chose over 40 authors over several thousand years to put pen to paper and write his word. This is, why our statement, this is what our statement of faith means when it says the Bible was given to God by God speaking through the words of human authors. Hopefully none of you are thinking of this, but it might be an objection. So it was written by fallible people. Ah, that's that's why people say that the Bible is loaded with errors. Hold up. Really? When God speaks, because He's God, He never speaks erroneously. He never speaks falsely. He always speaks what is true. Even if He reports false claims, He reports them truly. So, how does the purity of God's speech not get corrupted when coming through human authors? 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 19-21 through 21 answers this. Peter writes, And we have the prophetic word more fully confirmed, to which you will do well to pay attention to as a lamp shining in a dark place, until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts, knowing this first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture comes from someone's own interpretation, for no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. See, God works with the human authors in a way where God gets exactly what he wants said. And the human authors get to stay themselves. They don't become superhuman. They don't become robots or mindless automatons, or they don't become possessed. No, they are carried along by the Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit who has made them who they are with all their perspective on life, all of their personality, all of their style, which shows up in what we read in Scripture. But it's still exactly what God wanted to communicate through them. So we do not need to be afraid, church, that human beings were involved in the process of delivering God's word in a way that other human beings could understand. And in fact, it's why Jesus came as fully God and fully man. People cannot be in the presence of God and live, Scripture says. He's holy and we're not. But when holiness, the word of God, takes on flesh and blood... We can understand Him. We can believe Him. We can approach Him. And when God writes this book, which points in all ways to the Word in the flesh, it points to Jesus. He spoke it through people carried along by His Holy Spirit. And we get the privilege to hold that book in our hands and in our minds and in our hearts and give it to others that they too would hear God's voice. God speaks His Word through us so do you know who is talking to you when you open this book do you know him and do you believe what he says (laughs) and here's another question do you look forward to hearing him when he speaks some of the most discouraging times in my life have been when I have heard the voice of God the least. (laughs) The most miserable church meetings and get-togethers are those where there's not necessarily wickedness, but where there's no hearing of the voice of God among His church. The psalmists in the book of Psalms spoke of horror upon horror of not hearing God's voice and not knowing His presence which we know is not merely a feeling, but as the presence of him speaking. But they compared the word of God when he does speak as sweeter than the honeycomb. We Christians should rather face a day of hell on earth, having heard the voice of God in the midst of it, than a day without any trouble and God silent. But the most encouraging times in my life have been where I have opened this book, or I have listened with my ears, and I heard my Father's voice. I heard my Savior's voice, and I knew it was Him, and I remembered that He was for me. He is for you. That's why He gave this word so that you would know Him and trust Him. His is the trustworthy voice we were made to hear. His is the voice we long to hear as His children. He speaks His Word. He speaks it to us. And by His wonderful design, He speaks it through us. Because the Word of God is the voice of God for the people of God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, We thank you for giving us your word. We thank you that you have chosen to speak to us, not just so that we have another book to read, but that so we might know you and that we might know your voice and follow you. So, Lord, we ask for your help today. We need to hear your voice. We were designed by you to be hearing it continually, day in and day out. Lord God, help us. And thank you, Lord, that you have promised that you will. May we look to you and trust you in faith because you sent your word among us. The Lord Jesus, and when he ascended, sent the Holy Spirit. And who speaks to us and gives us understanding of these words in front of us. Thank you for your faithfulness. Your willingness to see that we listen to the best voice. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.